who are. I thank you, Lord, for this body. The, the, the people that are here today, you've called them, Lord. You've called them. And so, Lord, I pray that you anoint each and every one of us now as we share in your word, as we seek your truth to apply to our lives, Lord. I pray for that. I pray for that dearly, Lord, that our hearts will be open to receive all that you have for us today. And I pray that each of my brothers and sisters, as they leave, they be strong in their faith, more encouraged, and they would just be your workers, your servants for your glory. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you might use me in this message, that you might anoint me, Lord, to preach your word and your truths for your glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Sounds like I'm lecturing to you, doesn't it? I'm really not. Uh, I'm just saying that my feeling is when we pray for God's glory and honor, I do not care who's up here in this place where I'm at. It's not about their glory. It's for all for God's glory. We preach for his glory. We share for his glory. It's not about us. I believe it's all about him. If we go the other way, Satan can get in there and say, how great you are. Oh, Chris, how great you are. You're a great teacher. You know, if people keep telling you that you're good, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to think, I'm good. See, Satan can get in there. So we have to watch our platitudes. Amen? I'm just saying that. That give the glory to God. He deserves it. Give the glory to Jesus. He deserves it. We don't. He does. Amen? And amen. All right. Kathy, this one's for you. A little boy, a little boy was constantly in trouble. I mean, everything he did, trouble, trouble, trouble. He was disruptive, and, and it was just like an explosion when he was around. So one night, he knelt by his bedside, and he put his hands in front of him, and he looked toward heaven, and filled with guilt, he said, God, I'm here to turn myself in. Thank you for that. My, when, we, when we turn ourselves into God's grace, he will supply every one of our needs that we'll need to navigate through our life's ups and downs. That's where we want to go today. We're starting a new sermon uh, series I'm going to, everything that we need to live this, this spirit-filled life. And I'm going to talk this morning very briefly about three resources I'm going to use that God, I think, gives us to move through this life with confident assurance. First one, God's power. Second Peter 1, 3. Now, I'm going through Second. Peter 1, 3, and 4 right now, you think, why just these two verses? Because I believe they're packed with all sorts of spiritual nuggets. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him 
who called us by his own glory and goodness. Peter says God has given us his unlimited power as we grow in our what? In our knowledge of him. The sun, we know, is our source of heat, energy, and power for the earth. That's all, that's all, you know, general science 101. Where does the sun's power and energy come from? It comes from God. God's power created every living thing on this planet. God's power placed the stars and the planets in the universe in such an incredible organized pattern. God's power. Imagine that. Think about that. If people that study the stars and the planets, all of those things, they've discovered there's just a pattern to, to everything, the universe. That didn't just randomly happen. That's almost impossible, impossible. God planned all of this, and God created the ocean's tides. How many of you have been to Monterey, California? All right. So now you know what I'm talking about. When we were in San Jose for a while, we used to drive the peninsula, the Monterey Peninsula, and uh, I call it the peninsula, and, and I remember driving, then suddenly it opens up and you see the ocean. And you see that scene. You see the waves come in, come out, the tide, everything. I used to say to Jan, it's amazing that people will pay to go on a vacation and go see Monterey in the peninsula. And we do it because we just live there. So it's an amazing thing, you know, what God, how he gives us all these blessings. When you feel incapable or frustrated in handling what life throws at you, remember that God has made available to you his endless power. We have it. We have it. Sometimes we just don't believe that. You know, and we look at circumstances and say, how is God's power working in this? We pray about this, I pray about that, but where's God's power in it? Because we don't see the evidence. We don't see it. But it's there. We just need to wait on it. Amen? God's power is there. Now I want us to turn to 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And I want you to listen to this. Now, there's so many nuggets here in this one little verse. Unbelievable. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Notice in this one verse, abound is used twice. At the beginning and then toward the end. Abundance, abound, means in the biblical sense that God wants, to, wants us to live the abundant life. And he wants to live it, he wants us to live it in full. To abound in good works. Amen? To abound in all things, all grace. All our needs to abound in. I love it. That is so awesome. To abound in his blessings. To abound in our faith. Everything is God says, everything that you need, that's what Paul said, it's all here. 
It's all right here. Everything you possibly need is found in his abundance for us. Am I yelling? Oh, I'm yelling? Okay, thanks, Jan. I appreciate that. So all the way home, you can say, you were yelling, you were yelling, you were yelling. And then I go to the altar. I get excited about this because this one little verse is so filled. If you really break it down and pray about it, all the altar dimension, all this, all that, you know, I just mentioned that. Do you need joy? Jesus supplies. Do you need to be set free from some guilt in your life? Jesus supplies. Do you, do you feel troubled? Then Jesus supplies. Jesus supplies, Jesus supplies. That's what he does. And all of these promises that he gives us in his word, if we need wisdom or energy, Jesus, Jesus supplies. If we need strength to get through another day, Jesus supplies. That's what he does. We just need to tap into God's power. And this happens when you have a personal connection with Christ. How many here would say that I have a personal connection with Jesus Christ? Pretty much everyone. I'm speaking to the choir. No, but it's true, isn't it? We know that. Then you know through experience that if you want to experience God's power, then you need to have that personal connection with Jesus Christ. That's walking hand in hand with him each and every day. We don't take a day off. Faith is not taking a day off. Praying is not taking a day off. I've heard people say, well, I don't have time to pray. Really? What's that all about? That's Satan telling you, don't pray. You're too busy. You don't have time to do that. You pray. That's God's will. That's what he wants for you. That's, and, and, and being connected to Jesus is praying, like I said, and studying or reading his word. Read his word. Church, read his word. Especially what's going on today in our world. Get back in his world and get out of listening to what everybody else is saying. Get into his word. Get into his word. Don't worry about somebody sent me, and this is really not in the notes. I just thought of this, so Chris, if it, if it doesn't work, then I'll blame you. But anyway, and, and some of my dear friends, they love the Lord. I'm not saying that. And all of us are concerned about what's going on in the world. I'm not saying we shouldn't be. We should be. But I'm trying to tell them to, to tap on the brakes. You're getting too much into these theories. Tap the brakes. Get into the word and, and judge them according to what the word says. So I get an email, and I'm not going to mention this person, but he's trying to predict the rapture, what's going on in our world today, whatever. And then he gets out. Then I know, he said, it starts with 1948 when, when Israel became, what, a nation. Then we subtract 70 years here, 70 there. I'm going, oh, no, here we go again. <coughs> Excuse me. So at the end of the day, he said, the raptures are going to come in 2030. Aha. Uh-huh. I think to myself, you know, well, I'm going to study this guy, see what else he has to say. 
So I took it. That's one wonderful world of computers. Because then I said, let's see what else he has to say. And uh, he predicted the rapture to happen this year. Time back. All I'm saying is, I'm, some people are very sincere what they're doing, but God says, get back into the word. What did Jesus say? Read Matthew 24, 36 and on. Jesus said, angels don't know, only the Father knows. So why do people want to predict, well, it's got to be next week. I'm not going to predict, well, it's got to be next, within the next 10 years. What are you doing? Now it sounds like I'm yelling at you, doesn't it? <laughs> tone it down, tone it down. And see, because my beloved, you need to hear this and understand. Get in the word. The word will not deceive you. I will deceive you. Well, not on purpose. purpose, But I will, thank you very much. I will deceive you because I'm a person. I don't have all the answers. I might say something maybe to help you. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Get into the word. Study the word. If anything, I say that a million times, it's about the word of God. If you're, if you're fearful, get into the word. Amen? Amen. Okay, Sue, I'll settle down. I'm getting close to you guys or whatever. So, you know, I, I can't say that enough because it's on my heart. And I share with my dear friends, I love you. I love you. I know you love your Lord. But I believe you're going too far this way. You need to get back and not listen to all these voices because all these voices are, and they might sound good, but they're not. They're not biblical. Get into the Word. If you, wanna, if you want to, you know, and we all have our pet theologians or whatever, or people, authors or whatever, and that's okay. We all have them. But my rule of thumb is if they're not in the Word, and what they give you, and they don't back it with Scripture that makes sense, and not trying to fit their own theology or whatever, then you had to have a problem. But, but if you look at people and you, and you want to pattern or, or, or really feel strong about their opinions, that you feel good about that, back it up with the Word of God. That's all I'm saying. Just back it up with the Word of God. And that way you won't be deceived. Because the Bible does say that in this day there will be false teaching, false prophets. So, so just, and how do we measure against that? Through the Word of God. So... Now, I hope you're not mad at me for saying that. God, number two, God's promises, 2 Peter 1, 4. Through these, he has given us every great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Paul reminds us we can be victorious in life by what? Partaking in God's divine nature. Listen, God's nature and power are manifested through the Holy Spirit. And all the promises recorded in his word. Now somebody, I can't believe this, somebody went through and they tried to count all the promises in the word of God. They need to get a life. I mean, really? And they, I think they stopped at over 8,000. But probably if you look at the word, there's more than 8,000 promises in the word of God. But one thing we know for sure as you study 
these promises, the overwhelming majority are made for us. They're God's promises to us, his people. Isn't that cool? So we should, every Christian should want God's promises. Do you want God's promises? I do. I want them. So I'm going to look them up in the Bible and say, God, you promise, you promise. We're going to get to that, you know, very shortly. So, but we need to, I think, first act, act in faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. Faith and obedience means you're in the word. You're in the word. That's what it means. Be faithful and obedient to the word. What God says, he says in his word. Uh, what does uh, Jesus said? Thy word is truth. And it is truth. Okay, let's see. Here today, we got some younger ones. All right, I'm going to throw this one out. This is going to be a quiz. All right. I'm going to get back here on this side just in case you come at me. How many have ever, ever heard of uh, this? He was an actor. His name was uh, Chris Thibodeau. Chris Thibodeau. Boy, I could be telling you guys something. You, you, whoa. Yeah. Well, anyway, you, you wouldn't know. Most of you would not know. And in fact, I didn't know until I started doing the research. He was an actor, very popular. He played little Ricky, you know, Lucille Ball's son on I Love Lucy. Now, that goes back, what, in the 50s, so it's understandable. Most of you are not going to, you know, Rudy, you would, you could probably remember, but most of us would not remember that. So, so anyway, so he became very popular by playing that character. And then later on, he played Opie's best buddy, uh, his name Johnny Paul was his name, on the Andrew Griffith show. I need to get a life. You know, I need to get a life. I'm really deep today, you know. But anyway, like, my, the point with all of this is this. If you study or, or look at all these child actors and actresses, you know, from the Brady Bunch to, I'm getting more toward, you know, to the, all the, the overwhelming majority, Happy Days, anybody watch Happy Days? Great. The Fonz is, oh, he's my hero. But anyway, Happy Days or whatever, the overwhelming majority of those people never succeed in the acting after they become adults. If they can't get the roles because they're probably typecast in what they're doing. But a few make it, like Ron Howard, we know from Happy Days or whatever. But anyway, that's what happened to this young man. Once he was, his, uh, his youth acting was over, he couldn't really find acting jobs. And he struggled. And there for a while, he played in a rock band. That didn't work out. Then he, he battled. He battled depression and drug abuse, which is a lot of them do these days. Until his mother invited him. His mother invited him to church, to a church gathering. It was there that he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And after that day, he and his wife, they shared the gospel through dance. There's many ways we can share the gospel. Theirs was through dance. I, think, I believe it was ballet. You know, so all of the corruption, 
all of the evil desires, all those things that flooded his life in the world were overcome through receiving Jesus Christ, and he sought the promises of God. If you're struggling with any issue, whatever it is for you, seek the promises of God. God, people are struggling with alcohol, seek the promises of God in his word. Anxiety, fear, seek the promises of God in his word. Financial issues, seek the promises of God in his word. Relational problems, seek the promises of God in his word. Health problems, seek the promises of God in his word and stand on the word. Stand on it, believe and trust. Sometimes I'll say, if I'm really shaky in my faith, I'll ask God, I say, God, help me. Help me with my doubt. Help me with my doubt. Because right now I'm doubting. Help me. Ask him. That's what he's there for, for us. Amen? Okay. Number three. God's promises are unchangeable. 2 Corinthians 1, 18-20. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes or no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached um, among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been Yes, no matter, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are what? They are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen. Jesus is yes, we're the amen. I think you have that. The amen is spoken by us to the glory of who? To the glory of God. Paul was saying that he's not like the other people of the world we we'll often talk out of both sides of the mouths. Do we talk out of both sides of our mouth? Sometimes I do. I can only speak for myself. Sometimes, you know, I might say something maybe to accommodate. Or people say yes, but they really mean no. I don't think I'm alone with this one. Because sometimes we get caught up in our human nature and we're just not. We, the scales aren't balanced. But we need to get back to that, and in every church on this planet, and every pastor that's in the pulpit, or what do you want to call it? You want to call it lectern, or whatever, or just the stand, the music stand, whatever it is, they need to be straight. They need to be straight. And let their yes be yes, and their no be no in Christ. Especially in this day and age, we need to be honest in the pulpit. You know, you, you throw it out there. What gives a message power is not the pastor, it's the Word. The Word has power. The pastor is simply just to throw it out there and convey that. The Word has power. Amen? Jeanette thinks I'm yelling at I'm not yelling, Jeanette. Am I but it has power. We just need to understand that, that how... Well, let me go on. I think Paul is teaching us a very valuable lesson here. 
about the faith. That the word is trustworthy and all of God's promises find their yes. Find their yes in Jesus Christ. And when we come in agreement with an amen, what does amen mean? Approval? So be it. That's right. I like that one. So be it. Or an agreement. Whatever. That's the amen. So let's do some examples. Hi, John. Good to see you, bud. What are you doing back there? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Amen. Okay. Oh, let's do some examples here. Jesus, you said that you will never leave us or forsake us. Is that true? Jesus responds, yes. And we affirm, amen. So be it. Jesus, you said that you will work all things for our good. Is that true? Jesus says, yes. And we respond, amen. So be it. Jesus, you said that you've come so that we can have life and live it in full. Is that true? Jesus says, responds, yes. And we affirm, amen. You're with me. Jesus, you said, you said that you'll forgive us if we confess our sins. Is that true? Jesus responds, yes. And we affirm, amen. Amen. Hallelujah is right. Jesus, you said, you said, in this world, there'll be trouble. But take heart that you have overcome the world. Is that true? Jesus, can we trust that? Can we believe it? He responds, yes. And we say, good, amen. And one more. Jesus, you said, you said this, that I will have, you will have an eternal home in heaven one day. Is that really true or is that just a too good to be true thing? And Jesus says, yes, it's true. And we respond, amen. See, every promise, my point, every promise that we've come across in the word of God, every promise is confronted with a yes by Christ. And an amen, we affirm the amen, which, infer, which affirms his glory and honor. See, Jesus' yes is for his glory and honor, for our good, his glory and honor. Amen? I'm going to close. Sue opened us, or part of with, with a, a passage from Isaiah. Let's look at Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. 
They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah reminds us that when we trust in the power of God, He will strengthen, He will sustain, He will supply all of our needs according to His promises. And God never lies. And I love this when I, when I read from uh, Isaiah 40, 31. You know, we're going to soar like wings on eagles. God wants us to soar in our faith walk. He does not want us to feel good. He wants us to feel great. He wants us to soar in faith. Are you soaring in faith? Are you? God wants that for you. That's for you. That's his present you and friends that's how I believe then we're on our way living a confident and assured life sometimes it's hard for us to soar when we feel that ah, life is beating us down that's when you need to remember Jesus yes Take heart, for I've overcome the world. If you're not soaring like an eagle in your faith, then I believe it's God's will for you to soar. So you need to pray and say, God, help me to soar like an eagle. Lord, I praise you and thank you. Uh, I pray for every brother and sister here that is just struggling in any way, Lord. I pray that in you that they will find confidence and assurance. That in you, Lord, they can say amen with confidence and assurance. I pray that, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that uh, for all of us here that are struggling or whatever, Lord, that you touch us through your Holy Spirit right now that your anointing would be upon us and fill the voids that we have in our lives individually, Lord. Anything that is preventing us from soaring like, like eagles, Lord, that we may truly, truly follow you and experience the amazing power of healing and truth. In Jesus' name, amen.